welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in London, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the podcast on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. Follow the show on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEFpod. Drop us a line whenever you want. Hey, I'm Frankfurt at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Our gram uh, bio is Hey, I'm Frankfurt. And here to talk about everything that's been going on with the Eintracht. Uh, as you might notice, this is coming uh, on the heels of a match. A match that got us super excited, super stoked, and in some some of our cases, super drunk. And here to talk about it is Matt in New York. How are you doing, bud? Coming down, coming down. But I just cracked a beer to wake myself up. But I mean, holy crap. I mean, I was at Jack Dempsey's with the EFC New York crew. It was my first time going there with meeting all of them. And wow, it was definitely a crowd. Shout out to Joe. He's a he's a listener to the podcast. So he was cool. Chatted with him for a quick second there. Uh, but oh my God, it was what a day. I mean, I'm so happy I took off work for both these days because next Thursday is going to be even crazier. Okay, I gotta ask, who's who's bigger, you or Tom? Oh, Tom's way taller than me, six <laughs> six four, and you know, and you, or six seven. But you know what's Big actually Tom. funny too? It was so so. I'm wearing the scarf, and I did want to tell him this, but he's gonna hear this out of the pod. Um, the scarf I was wearing apparently is from like the 1980s. Uh, I had no recollection of that. I thought it was just like an old scarf that my dad gave me when I was like two years old, just like because he got a better <laughs> scarf and a newer scarf, so he just threw me his old one. Did not know it was like an old <laughs> artifact, and I haven't really been treating it the best way it was. When I left the bar, I thought I fucking lost it for like five minutes. I was like, of course, when I think when I think this is valuable, I lose it within five minutes. Luckily, I found it. So, but yeah, was it was around funny. your neck? Yep, it was. <laughs> 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 I put my sweatshirt yeah. over it without realizing it. So, oh, being drunk and young in the big city. Uh, the other person laughing is none other than Chris in Detroit. Hey, bud, how was the kid pickup line? You know what? We're still undefeated in the kid pickup line. So that, that tradition has at least one more week in it. <laughs> no promises. It's kind of hilarious because. Yeah, that is true. Uh, it's kind of hilarious that that thing has been able to keep going and going and going. The question is, is the Wee Munchkin, if we continue in this competition, the UEFA Europa League, will the kiddo get to watch the uh, any of the next two matches? Well, let me give you the rundown on how this happened today. So I, I leave work at 3 o'clock on the dot. I had the game up on my tablet as I'm walking out to the car. Knopf scores that first goal. I'm in the elevator of a 102-year-old, I think, office building. I start screaming in the elevator. I get to the elevator lobby, and the security <laughs> guy is like, what's wrong? Who's dead? I'm like, oh, nothing. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm good and alive right now. Um, but I wasn't even out the door of the office when that happens. And then... Uh, and then I pull into the line at the school, and it's notorious for the bad cell service. So I tried a new system this week where I hotspotted from my phone onto the tablet. Now the signal was too good. So we arrive. It's 1-0 Frankfurt. I'm like, oh, no. This isn't good. The signal's too good. 
It's the unreliability <laughs> that makes Frankfurt reliable. <laughs> and all of a sudden, West Ham scores. So I drop the hotspot. I go back to streaming on the phone, and everything took off from there. Nobody cares. Wow. But I'm telling the story anyway. We are not superstitious whatsoever. That's for sure. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. So Eintracht came away with a wonderful 2-1 victory in London. It wasn't easy. It is, let's be frank about that. It was far from easy. Uh, yes, Eintracht was able to get onto the board super, super early with a wonderful uh, goal from Knauf. I mean, talk about the defense for West Ham just not being awake, and we took advantage of that. And they immediately were just like, you saw them just put their hands on their hips, just looking at Knauf run away with the other Eintracht players, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck. What about Boris' awareness of turning like full on three sixty oh, yeah. as well? His back was on the goal, and then he he bar- I don't think I bar- he must have barely looked over his shoulder, and then saw Knauf make the run. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, you it know, wonderful. I, I kind of wonder it. It didn't come out as if it was a set play, but I'm sure they talked about. Glasner talked in the post game press conference about how they talked about striking early if given an opportunity. I wonder if they saw something tactically in previous matches that said, hey, early on they're going to go heavy on the ball side and maybe leave the back door open a little bit because there was a whole lot of room for him to sneak in and that ball hung up in the air. Um, I'm not saying it was designed, but maybe they just said, hey, start throwing it in the box early. We might get a look. But it's back-to-back games now that we score early. Granted, the other one was a penalty, but even if it wasn't a penalty, that was definitely a goal-scoring opportunity for Lindstrom. So, I mean... That was we're on, we were we're on a trend there with back to back early goals, and even in league play, we've talked about it for a few months now. We're not scoring the goals early, but we're getting looks early. We're controlling the play early, and really setting that tone, especially in a cup match where every goal is more important than just a, a one goal lead. Having that accumulation of goals going into the next match, um, getting off on a good foot was imperative, and. That's two matches in a row now, or three matches in a row, that we've had hot starts. I like it. I really do. Uh, before we kind of go too much further in uh, kind of dissecting the match, I gotta ask. This Dutch by nationality, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's officiating in the Eredivisie, but his name would say Turkish. Um, guys, I try always to be the level-headed person here in the group when it comes to inter-referee criticism, but I have to admit, this match should have had at least double the amount of cards that we had over the course of the match. There were exactly two. Two yellow cards issued out during the entire match, to one to Jules So, the other to Hinterlager, and... Easily, easily there should have been like four more evenly spread out amongst both teams. Like neither team was uh, will get out of that one at all. But I have to say like he was calling the fouls, but not utilizing his like they only say use your whistle, talk to the players. But uh, at a certain point in time, you have to uh, brandish the book at the players to install and then it's like no 
this game is not going to get out of hand, and it could easily have gotten out of hand. Thank God it didn't. But I had no confidence in this official whatsoever to, if things had just gone absolutely tits up, for him to have been able to regain control of the match. I'm just glad things kept, were kept as even cool as they were, because to me, it was just, I kept on thinking, it's a matter of time. It's going to happen, and the referee's going to be absolutely helpless because he has not set the tone that this is going to be a fair and justly officiated match. Well, here's the thing, too. He's gotten the scouting report from, you know, us playing against Barca and probably against Real Betis. It's just like, you know, we are a kind of a dirty team, but, like, you know, that's that's our game. That's how we do it. That's, you know, we play dirty when we get the ball. We, we run down your throats. We sprint as fast as we can. And, you know, the referee probably got the blueprint on especially after beating Barcelona because Xavi was bitching about it just alone after the first leg and was just like you know like we thought the officiating should have gone a little bit more harsher on Frankfurt it's like no bullshit you guys are just some soft glass ass players and I mean (laughs) the same not that I want to focus on Barcelona whatsoever but like with this game with West Ham I mean you know that's just kind of the game we play you know we we stick a knee in your back like every single time there's a 50-50 chance or like you know if the balls get played on the ground you know someone's going to come and at least take a whiff at your leg and that's how we play you know you know to have it like 10 to 12 fouls in a game on a daily on a you know um gamely basis i would say that's i'm going to invent that as a new word um um and just to have two yellow cards i mean that's honestly like impressive that's that's really really impressive and it's I'm fine with it. I mean, you know, the referee's going to blow the blow the whistle as it is. I mean, we've gotten red cards in back-to-back Barcelona games. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about it as long as the cards don't happen early and we just get, you know, screwed. But I'm pretty sure the cards reset after the second leg to the final, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they reset before this match. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'm, I usually am wrong. But... You know, I felt like we've seen in previous matches in the knockout stage where getting behind and getting guys on yellows in the first match really affected our ability to do certain things in the second leg. And I think there's sometimes an eye with the officials to not let that happen. So maybe today was, hey, let's let them play as long as we can before they get carded. But there's still you know, letting things get out of hand. I think the next the next leg is going to have a lot of fireworks because there weren't a couple extra cards handed out today and guys have will have the freedom to pick up an extra card that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do uh, had he kept things in line today. At the end of the day, no one got red carded. Exactly. That's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, the beginning of the game I thought was, like, pretty like high intense like when the first 20 minutes were over i was just honestly thought like wow i thought we're at least like five minutes left into the half um i mean i can't believe hinty even saved that one shot from bowen i can't believe bowen kind of shanked that in a sense as well (laughs) i'm i mean i mean it's, it's just another great you know um fact that kevin trapp gave to the world that he's the best keeper in the world done and dusted like even at those one-on-one situations even the tiniest nick he gets off the ball you know it's going to hit off the post and that post today was a son of a bitch because it bit us in the ass with Kamada. <laughs> but i mean yeah i'll wait till we get to into the second half you know one more thing about that first half um 
not letting West Ham get settled in because I I don't watch a ton of the Premier League, but it, they always seem to be on when I do watch. Um, they're comfortable playing from behind. They've done it enough this year where they get into some situations and have to dig themselves out, and they're patient in doing it. We didn't let them get patient in that first half. They didn't settle into an offensive rhythm in the final third. They got a few chances, but they were more in in the run of play and, and guys making good, solid runs. But we really didn't let them um, get into any sort of tactical rhythm in the offensive end. And that's a credit to Glasner for, after we get that early lead, keeping those guys with momentum forward and not setting back. What's crazy is like, you know, West Ham got conceded in like the 90th minute against Chelsea and then immediately gets scored on by us within the first 50 seconds. And I feel like that's going to be such a huge mindfuck for them for, you know, whoever they play in the Premier League. And then, you know, when they play us again this week, uh, you know, next week, um, such, such a mental. Yeah, yeah, literally. And then, um, there was something else I was going to say about, um, Knauf, but I escaped my mind. But Brian, if you want to chime in, I'm, Oh, they play. Uh, they, I think they play one of the crosstown rivals. Uh, they've only got half a dozen of them. They played Chelsea last weekend. They play Arsenal this weekend uh, in that uh, same wow. stadium that, that we just played in. On they'll be playing that on Sunday. And at this moment in time, uh, they're currently sitting in seventh place. So for those guys, it with. Uh, the team that's behind them has a game in hand and is three points back in Wolverhampton. Uh, and Manchester United won earlier uh, 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 today. No, they tied. Against, uh, Ch- one, one. They tied? Okay. Yeah, Shit. Yeah. Well, I must have I must have looked away at that. Well, it, was, it was on on the other screen. I mean, if you thought that I was paying attention, I just looked over and I'm like, one nothing? Man, you? That's right. weird. But West Ham's goal today, honestly, that was just us switching off on the back end. I, I mean, I was not expecting some uh, Antonio to pat, you know, head that back across. Maybe he wasn't ex- anticipating big that unit. either. I mean, it's I just... warned you guys, big freaking huge freaking guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, huge but like, dude. So, like, so is that, I haven't been, I haven't been that, I haven't been scared of uh, another team's player. Like, Tuta mm, handled him well though. Tuta like, handled him well. I got Tuta played his ass off, and dude, Amane Torre, you know, he was Hinti our weakest took link. Him on to, and then in set plays, Bore, everyone was taking uh, p- uh, bites out of him to the yeah. point that, like, he just eventually wore down. But in the first half, I was looking at him and I'm like, dear God, this is a huge, huge freaking guy who we're really struggling to deal with. We made adjustments, which was great. Because if you look at how West Ham played when they looked dangerous, it was because Antonio was looking dangerous himself. And maybe, I mean, that, maybe uh, just... obviously, if obviously, so long as you take out that freaking uh, uh, shot off the post in like the ninety-something minute by uh, what's his face <laughs> in the bicycle kick goal. I mean, oh, right. oh God, forward, did, that was fucking scary. Did you catch that Oof. stat? I I don't know if you heard it. They mentioned that we've only allowed multiple goals in one or two matches this entire uh, Europa League campaign. I it's a pretty good run. Royal Antwerp. Uh, you know, um, so far was a draw we have, yeah, at, at like this two, point two. in time, at this point in time, uh, yeah, the 
Let's see. Yeah, the uh, two goals uh, given up to Barcelona. Remember, one of those was a yeah. garbage time yeah. penalty. And then the uh, the second goal we gave up to Antwerp at home. Uh, that was, a, as I remember, that was really uh, freakishly late. And then, go figure, uh, Paciencia came up with a freaking equalizer at the flipping death. Uh to salvage the point on that one. I mean, it's just astonishing to me that our defense has been so consistently good um, through this whole run. We got a little post-luck today, but that's going to happen, and you kind of earn that um, Mm -hmm. with good defensive play, and a couple of the angles guys shot from were not that great. Kevin Trapp helped one get to the post, and it just defense was such a big concern of ours early in the year. And rightfully so. Uh, we lost some pieces, and there were questions on the youth with Tuta and, and uh, Indica still young. But, damn, if they haven't figured it out and look really, really good back there. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to be critical at our defense at all. I just felt like Amato Torres our weakest person today because he's a right-footed player playing on the left side. That's never sure. going to work out well whatsoever. And, I mean, we had ne- didn't have any better options. I mean, honestly, I'd rather have Torre in there over Hasebe. Fresh your legs. Um, but, I mean, yeah, our defense just kind of just shows up. I mean, a big part of it is also having that, you know, confidence in our keeper, Kevin Trapp. Like I mentioned before, best keeper in the world. So, you know, having Andika coming back, you know, next Thursday is going to be huge for us. And, you know, you know, we do have a lot more pressure now in this game than we did, you know, going into Barca just because we have that lead now and we're going to be home. And now that we're going to have Andika back, we're going to have our back three back to normal, you know, um, it kind of relieves that pressure a little bit for us. So, I mean, our defense is stellar, you know, and, and you pointed a great made a great point there, Chris, is just like. We bash them and bash them, you know, throughout predominantly of the season just because of our Bundesliga woes. And then, you know, we were excited about the new signings coming in, especially on the defensive side of things. We have young incoming talent. And now these guys are like showing up in the Europa League, you know, and, you know, they are going to be legends, you know, forever at this point. And hopefully the ride continues. So I have one really dumb question. (laughs) And I'm not saying I'm not appreciative of the win today because I, I feel like a late equalizer that bicycle kick if that had gone in would have um made this feel more like a loss it would have been devastating but are you a little concerned if we look ahead a bit are you a little concerned that the way we won today we might come out flat next thursday i i can definitely see us you know getting scored on you know getting a goal against us at first, but that's not new to us. That's when the hell do we even keep a clean sheet, you know, let alone score the first goal. So it's not, it's not uncharted waters for us. If that is the scenario, which is why, you know, I'm getting more comfortable with it. And then, you know, uh, Lindstrom is also a huge point as well. You know, Chris from Austin just mentioned it because we don't know what the hammy situation is. Hopefully, you know, he's fine. You know, let's just make sure he sits in a wheelchair for the week, but you know, hopefully that hamstring doesn't get too tight. Yeah, there's been questions, too, about his productivity. He And uh, I won't get on this train again, but I mentioned it when he came over that he'll disappear for weeks and then he'll be the best player on the team, too, uh, for the next two weeks. But we need him to round into form right now. Um, thankfully, we had He's guys just running circles today. 
but we really need him back in good form again. It's been too long. Yeah, he's due. He's definitely due. I'd actually like to see how could get the start over Lindstrom. I'd be okay with uh, that. Mostly, it's down to West Ham benefits from being able to use some physicality in their game, and we saw it with Antonio. We don't have as big of guys like out there. Hauga is one. Yeah, like I mean, you've got to get there. to like in terms of like guys who we had on the pitch who can muscle up. Boris got that. Sp- that Latin uh, like fever that like is that would allow him that allowed him to go against Miguel Antonio and just like put him in his place and Henty can do that to 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 degree and Torre and I guess to a lesser extent Rhoda but in terms of guys who can just go muscle uh, up on that guy, which that we really don't have. Like we've got next to none who are that big. Uh, Hauga is one who I would prefer to be in there because at least then, Lammers you know, is scrappy though. I like Lammers. I can't uh, believe people hate on him so much. Uh, I he haven't gets, seen him in so long. I've forgotten how he plays. Right, he gets like three. He he ignited our like Europa League campaign. If anything, you know when mm-hmm. we were struggling to in score goals, he, he had a couple big games. Yeah, he scored. He scored against Wolfsburg, <laughs> and that's when we started like thriving. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Europa League came. He had another goal there against Antwerp, I believe. And then you know he's been quiet since, but he also hasn't been playing much. And if anything, when he plays, he plays like three minutes. But you know, I'm not too worried about it because he wouldn't be our like second or third option. If anything, we'd probably put Paciencia alongside with Bore. Um, after if how you know gets injured. Because who knows sometimes with it, but I'll expect him to start if Lindstrom can't, you know, come out on Thursday. Something to think about. Something to think about. All right, let's look at a little bit at the uh, second half, shall we? Because we kind of spent most of our time talking about the first half and talk about how like our defense kind of laid out. That second goal. I mean. Phew. Beautiful, beautiful soccer goal. I mean, Ryan, who scored that goal? Uh, I don't know. I it, think it might, it might have come off the island. <laughs> I, I think I'm like we're going to like safely, pop champagne. Yeah, I think we're going to put to rest here officially. Uh, the the bay has been filled in. There is no more <laughs> island. Uh, Daichi, welcome to the mainland. <laughs> it's it's been a long one, but the island is officially gone. We're all we're all there together now. We're I will say that right now player. the island is connected by. I am only. I will say this much: the is island it sounds is- like it's Ismus connected now? by a very small isthmus. You're, start, you're, you're starting a. You're, you're going to start a VIP like club, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> Have like strict, like thing, like strict kind of like criteria. Like how many times have you shit on Kamada? Where Chris and I are probably at the very, very, very bottom of that list. How did Brian not capitalize with Daichi Kamada Island merchandise? I don't know. We should have stepped on that one. <laughs> Missed opportunity. It's just, it's just another. We just need the club to start paying us to do this. 
<laughs> but no, that second half was great. I mean, that that was a perfect start. I mean, just another great example of how we, you know, right off the kickoff, you know, we're running down people's throats again. So, I mean, you know, scoring within the first 10 minutes of any, you know, half of a soccer game is incredible, let alone, you know, the first 50 seconds and then let alone, you know, the first eight minutes or so. Um, it sucks with Lindstrom getting injured as well. You know, that was, you know, tough to see. But, you know, how, how like, we just talked about that, so I'm not going to get back into that. And then, I mean, West Ham kind of dominated us a little bit, you know. I mean, obviously they had a lot of uh, – you know, a lot more to play for, but when Lanzini got subbed out for that Benarama guy or whatever, that guy was a stud, you know, with his shot hitting, like, the, the outside of the post, you know, his cross to Bowen in the 90th minute. Um, you know, when that guy got subbed in, you know, things change a lot, and, you know, I can I can see him, you know, being a potential starter on Thursday and, you know, uh, providing us a lot of problems. I agree. Uh, I agree looking at how he performed in the second half. But I would actually say that if it wasn't for his spark, West Ham just kind of felt like, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll try and see what we can find from this. But I honestly did not feel like any threat until Ben Rama came onto the pitch. And it felt like for the longest time, I think – I honestly started thinking in the second half, I'm like, oh my gosh, we physically have exhausted Antonio to the point that he is just like, just done. And he is, he's walking, he's running, but there's not that first half intensity that he had that scared me. It was kind of eaten up. It's like as though all of our guys were all taking their turn, like physically grinding him down. And, you know, it's like, hey, we we eliminated this thing that you had going on for you. What do you got next? And, uh, I mean, Ben Rama, the only substitute that they used the entire match. Uh, I did not know that. Like, wow. That's that's kind of nuts. I mean, we only used two also. Right. So, right. I mean. But there was that also glimmer of hope as well where, you know, while we're getting, you know, while Benarama was, you know, making us our, you know, his bitch, Kamada was, <laughs> Kamada was going, you know, when Kamada had that one opportunity with that deflection hit off the post, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. that was our moment right there. That kind of mm-hmm. would have put this game in the bag, not the whole, you know, semifinal, but that would have at least put this game in the bag. But oh, you know, yeah. that would have and the, the look on his them. face too. He was disappointed that didn't go in. He had the angle right, you know. It's just one of those things, just off by an inch or two. Uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't come back to bite us. But there were so many close calls that went both ways today. They really, you know, could have been a three or four goal game either way. Deccan Rice didn't play that well today. You know, I didn't. I didn't hear his name too much. For all the hype that I was seeing on Twitter from all the people saying, like, you know, Declan Rice is mm-hmm. going to, you know, com- com- you know, command everything. He had a couple um, nice balls over the top, uh, a couple switching the field around a little bit, but nothing in the attack that was dangerous. No real high quality service. I don't know. I think he's overrated. I saw, I saw plenty uh, to give me pause, but nothing more than that. Uh, our defense was, in my opinion, rather sound. Now, did they really target Tory? Yes, they did for obvious reasons. But guess what, boys? Like the first match is over. Second match, we're going to have our more uh, first strength lineup in the defense. 
when uh, Dika is back, and then you're going to have Yakik, Yakik who can be put yep. into the midfield. I mean, then I'm then I'm l- really looking at it and thinking So and Yakik with Knauf and Kostic. That defensive line and width is just going to. <laughs> uh, Dika and Yakik are just going to add that extra oomph that West Ham threw out the best they got. And we still got two guys that are that were out today because of a uh, card accumulation. And let's freaking go. That bicycle kick though by Bowen, because I mean he was wearing <laughs> off all day today. I mean he hit the post and then the and then the bar. I mean that was heart stopping. Like I, I came out of the you, blue. The moment that the Moody Diva was buried was when that ball was and it did not go off track and back into the middle. Because as soon as I hit that ball, the first thing in my mind was get out of the fucking way. Because in the past, that would have gone back off his body and it Yeah, I would have been I mean, like you said earlier, Brian, if they scored that 2 2, you know, we definitely would have been, you know, would have thought that ball would have lost that the time. And it would have been even more <laughs> yeah, well, boys, fact is, got the dub. That's all that matters now. And we're going back home. We're going into the West Ham. Like, they may say that they play in some, quote, intimidating atmospheres, but they won't rule. That's going to be a nonstop cauldron. And, like, whilst the Olympic Stadium for West Ham – they did turn up the noise and a number of times it was not sustained. There were long periods where you just heard the Eintracht fans screaming and yelling the whole match. And West Ham fans on social media were like, these guys are belt- are belting it out and can be heard around the entire stadium whilst we're sitting on our hands. Yeah, and you know, I was expecting that atmosphere is going to be around the well. whole stadium. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. You know, I was expecting the West Ham fans to be, you know, blaring out their, you know, stupid Bubbles song, whatever, even though it is a, you know, a pretty good, like, theme song, whatnot. Just, you know, not this, you know, week and a half or these next two weeks. Um, but I I think it's also because, you know, we got that quick start, that quick goal. You know, we're able to shut them up right away. And, you know, and then, you know, we just came in full on, you know, sang full in like harmony and stuff like that. You know, I mean, we were 3000 strong, you know, that was that was just amazing. All white out and whatnot. And I'm glad that we were able even to, you know, score a goal in front of, you know, their net. Um, and then, you know, also Kevin Trapp being able to, you know, celebrate in front of them in the with the first goal with Ansgar Knauf. But the West End games are fairly disappointing. I mean, the eagle cape, the the eagle flew by and popped all their bubbles. That's for sure. <laughs> I gotta Indeed. say too that maybe it's because we all live in the United States and there's no language barrier to the league there. The Premier League is king here in the United States. It's just the way it is. The language barrier with Germany probably has something to do with it. But I'm so sick of hearing about the Premier League and. How, you know, the worst team in the Premier League is best than the mid-table of the other teams in Europe. And it was just so nice to go into their city, into the east side, and be the best team in Stratford. You know, we went from Catalonia to Stratford. We're just conquering regions right now. And these 
myths about, you know, La Liga and Barcelona or the Premier League in West Ham. And it, it's bullshit. On any given day, especially in a cup competition, any team is going to win. And today it was us. And next week, hopefully it's us again. But we can put to rest this whole thing that if you're not in the Premier League, you're not good football. It was so good to go into London and come out with a win, you know, because obviously last time at Stamford Bridge with Chelsea, that was that was a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, coming into West Ham and, or, you know, the Olympic Stadium, whatnot, fairly iconic stadium, just not for the West Ham folks, you know, it was – it was definitely a good feeling. I mean, great, absolute stellar result of the from the boys. You know, I would have taken a tie, you know, from here coming out of a tie here as a win, but let alone a win. You know, we that we we control our destiny. You know, so let's just hope we can you know come out strongly next week. Yep. Well, that kind of wraps up uh, discussion on the Europa League minus this one last bit. As uh, everyone knows, uh, Eintracht wasn't the only team that was participating in uh, the Europa League uh, semifinals. The other semifinal uh, happens to also have a German team. So this is the first time since 1997 that there have been two German teams in the semifinals of this competition, which was then known as the UEFA Cup, which we won in 1980. And uh, that ended up being a one nothing victory for Leipzig in Leipzig. So uh, perhaps it is going to be an all-German final. We will wait and see. Uh, fingers crossed on that. And uh, we're not counting our chickens before they hatch either. So time to go to hashtag what are we drinking before we get to Frauen Corner. Matt, you said you already cracked open a beer. So what are you drinking? Drinking a nice old Stella, you know, keeping the trend from drinking Stellas all the way at Jack Dempsey's. So don't want to mix because I do have to somewhat work tomorrow, but that's all I'm drinking, the Belgian Stella. Chris. Let me get a good pop here for producer Nathan. There we go. Mm. Best sound in the world. Like, there's a couple (laughs) sounds that just make you, like, really want to feel good. It's like, you know, putting a, you know, a, a piece of steak on a grill. Um, cracking a beer, and something is probably R eight. I shouldn't say out loud, but let's let's go I hope with you guys get the car. draft. Let's go with starting a car. <laughs> starting a car. Let's go. Yeah. We'll go yeah, with that. Let's go with start. Yeah, like in the old school for the kids. For yeah. the kids, get that carburetor going. Anyway, yeah. um, I am drinking something as sweet as today's victory uh, out of Northern Michigan Sheboygan Brewing. I stutter over that one. Let's try again. Sheboygan Brewing in northern Michigan. A blackberry blonde ale. Absolutely sweet. little tart. Um, perfect. Perfect for the 52 degree day it was today. Awesome. Sounds like it, man. Sounds like it. Back on the Maybach. Why not? Eintracht win. Kind of can't go any better than that. The spring beer for Casey. So, can be found at Kansas City Beer Company and also uh, being distributed by Kansas City Beer Company uh, like everywhere, pretty much. Now that they are, have just added that to their bottle, their bottles uh, that are out in service. So, if you have a chance, get Kansas City Beer Company's Mybar. They and do kegs as well, right? No, they, yeah, they do kegs as well. Uh, there's only a handful of uh, there's only a handful of liquor stores in the KC area that do have those available, sadly. But I'm gonna start paying attention. I wonder if they distribute out here. 
whether it's mm, bottles or I'm sure or kegs. bottles probably could kegs mm, yeah might doubt be a little kegs. dicier doubt the kegs little, Matt's gonna carry a, a keg up twenty floors uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's gonna wrap it up for hashtag what are we drinking in segment one of hey Andrew Perfect so stay with us for segment two of the podcast where we start off with Frowin Corner so stay with. And we're back. Hey, on track Frankfurt segment two. Promised you talking about Frauen Corner. Uh, we had a pretty sizable discussion last week about the Frauen, and here we are. It's match day time for the Frauen against Tobin Potsdam, the OG uh, Klassiker uh, when it comes to the Frauen uh, Fußball in Germany. And uh, yeah, what's on? What's you know, on the cards is the fact that there's a three-point gap between Eintracht and Potsdam. There is a huge gulf in goal differential, but if Eintracht wants to uh, move on to become uh, a team playing in the Champions League for next season, you need to win this to give yourself a chance because Turbo and Potsdam in the next match face off against... Uh, let's see here. Uh, that they face off against Bayern München on May fifteenth. So we've got uh, it's got it's got some time still left to go for the Frauen. They've got uh, their little international break here. So uh, May the seventh is when Eintracht will take on the Potsdam. It's at this point, like Chris, I think. You know, we, uh, we had some momentum going after that win against Leverkusen. Is this one of the most ill-timed kind of like breaks in the female game that they could ask for? Um, in a way. Um, actually, when we were doing our preview, I forgot that there is a week off there. Um, but it's it is, so strange. It is what it is. I, you know, the, everyone's preparing for it. Whether it hurts us or hurts them more, it doesn't matter. Both teams are off. Um, if anything, I think it gives us one more little, uh, bit of assistance. Um, you mentioned their upcoming one against Byron. They also have the Pokal finale against Wolfsburg too. Um, and if you're kind of on that fence between, uh, put all the eggs in the Champions League basket or all the eggs in the cup final, I don't know which one you go with. There's like two weeks between their final match day and the cup. So you wouldn't think it plays a factor unless there's nagging injuries or somebody who's borderline to play in there. Um, so I, I don't know the health of Potsdam right now, but I feel like we're catching them at a time where they're vulnerable because they have three games against top four teams remaining. We've got two matches. So we, we know what's, we know what we have to do. Uh, if they stumble, they have to correct their course and then when to poke how to have anything out of it. So let's just handle what we can handle and not worry about them. I could agree with that. Anything I add, Matt? Chris said it best. I mean, I kind of stole some of my notes on that, but I mean, <laughs> it's weird that this break kind of comes in. I really hope it doesn't ruin a mojo, you know? So I just, I just hope that, you know, once we come into, you know, the 15th, we, you know, 
keep the momentum going. There is exactly. something on the line, too. Um, with Mel, Mel Frohm's leaving and the 14 players we've re-signed for next season, um, people are starting to play for that position next year. Yes, I might be on the roster. Um, am I a starter? Am I going to get a look, or am I just a body filling a seat on the bench? Those are opportunities people are going to have here in the last two matches if you're a borderline player to step up and say, I belong in that starting 11. So I hope to see a lot of spark in this one. I believe there's going to be TV for it. I saw it somewhere. Um, I'll try to find that again here. But, yeah, really looking forward to this one two weeks. Yeah, and I bothered. I was able to find out exactly why they had the break uh, after snooping around a little bit. It's because Wolfsburg and so the uh, the Women's Champions League uh, second leg of the semifinals is this Saturday, and because Wolfsburg is participating in that, and at the time of scheduling, they still had uh, both Munich and Wolfsburg in the quarterfinals when they did that scheduling. So, yeah, they uh, decided, hey, uh, both teams are in a knockout phase. We need to make sure that they have the opportunity to do the best that they can. So, hey, uh, at, at the least, the league was looking out for its own so as to best set up a team for success in the Champions League. Though, as I looked at it, uh, after losing 5-1 to one in the, the Women's Champions League, um, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it is done and dusted. I just wish that the Bundesliga that our that the Bundesliga was gonna do the same thing for us because at least the Frauen Bundesliga is looking out for its own. It's just but, not uh, it's not being reciprocated uh, by uh, the re- uh, the regular Bundesliga looking at out least for Leipzig its own. Played that Monday too, so yeah, that's true. But I mean, like. I I looked at I had an eye over towards Leipzig versus Rangers a little bit. That did not look all that. They did not look all that endangered of like conceding a late equalizer. Really fucking anything. Like there were what three set pieces that the Rangers guys who were next to me uh, got really giddy over. And at the end of the day, I still was like, you know what, you're. You're, you're not pushing them harder. What? Uh, Leipzig could have been pushed harder. They just didn't. And, like, it was the Rangers just set up extremely defensively. And they just, they could do not, the Rangers could not get out, like, get more than 10 feet past the halfway mark. I mean, before they just got, like, you know, before they gave up the football, it was. But they uh, were down one nothing against Braga as well, and then when they went back to Glasgow, you know, it was a whole different shit. Yeah, but I will, I will point out this that uh, there's three. There are a handful of teams in Portugal who are able to like make uh, UEFA competitions on a regular basis. Braga is at the bottom of the of those four teams that typically make it. They are the kind of like the one the one extra that. Honestly, has never been able to crack the Champions League. That's for the two Lisbon-based clubs in Porto. That's who we are. And Br- <laughs> I mean, that's honestly <laughs> no. But seriously, that's who we are. But that I wasn't sure whether you're describing Frankfurt or Braga. 
I mean, as far as, you know, failing to make that next level of competition uh, close but never getting there, that's that's similar to the way we are as far as where we are in the pecking order of the Bundesliga. I think for the temporarily, yes. But there's no way that Braga could ever supersede any of the the, the big three of, uh, of Portugal. No. Whereas uh, we could... We could put ourselves into the conversation with qualification to the Champions League, utilizing that money in the right way to build ourselves up to the point that we suddenly are. Do we want to have this conversation? (laughs) Yeah, we have. We have. We have. This is another time for this conversation. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the segue to the next segment with that point in mind. Going to that next level financially. Um, our opponent this weekend is Bayer Leverkusen with a market value of $435 million compared to our 200 So they're at that, you know, every couple of years in the Champions League thing. We're in the having never been there, and they're at double the value we are. So you have to consider that just getting there doesn't automatically put you in that category with the occasional go there. You know what I mean? Look at the well. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but just qualifying doesn't automatically say, "Hey, now we can compete with with Leipzig or Leverkusen or um, you know the regulars, the Dortmunds that are there every year." But I'm just saying, while we're a step ahead of those that dream of Europa League once every five years and we're a semi-regular, we're still, there's a big difference between a Europa League regular and a Champions League occasional go. We're not there yet. So we're kind of getting, so we've kind of, you think that we've kind of gotten to that point where Gladbach kind of has been of recent years, and that, you know, they've started to make uh, Europe an annual thing for them, and more recently, the Champions League. Yeah, people know who we are. We're, our brand is solid. We're picking up momentum worldwide with people fascinated by our fan culture and, and saying, hey, that's a great club. I think it would be great for more players to go there. We're pulling in better talent, I think, at least on paper. Um, but still, to be there financially, it's not one year of qualification. I can't. I don't want to talk about it. We shouldn't talk about it. But one year of qualification will not automatically put us into that next tier. We have to be there three or four times in a 10-year span, and then we're in that tier of occasional Champions League qualifying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I heard this on another podcast uh, that I tracked with our qualification to this extent of the Europa League. We have now earned from this run and. Gosh, this couldn't come at a better time for us, considering uh, how many matches we've actually had. Like since we had the Corona Pals, considering how many matches we've had with full stadium, like full fans, like this run is basically earned us in terms of uh, in terms of prize money. We're basically in the category of like having earned what it would be if we were just in the Champions League group phase. So this couldn't come at a better time for us, but uh, you never know what 
the future could hold for the contract. You know, perhaps like uh, qualification to the Champions League. I mean, God only knows who the hell we would probably play against and what the team will look like different. What kind of moves will be done in terms of player personnel that will be exiting. But yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting future that we definitely have guys. And tomorrow uh, problem. I'm, I'm, I'm still optimistic for it, but anyways, uh, well, if we, we make champions, we would have to keep a couple people, but that's a yeah, tomorrow stop talking problem. about it. thing is if we do make the champions league those guys who are coming in they got some pretty high expectations to start like you know hey we've made the champions league now so guess what uh our standards are being raised from the brook hawken days where he thought people who we know who the teams that qualify for europe are and we are not that and that we are going to try and make the table every season. Just make sure we never are in relegation danger. We are so far beyond those days, and thank God for it. Let's just hope it keeps that way. Uh, yeah, well, we can only uh, look towards the future with uh, open, uh, wide open eyes, hearts, and everything else. Uh, you did kind of mention who we're playing this weekend. It's weird because with the whole May Day thing and uh, Matt, do you want to kind of point out why exactly May Day, which is why we're playing on Monday against uh, Leverkusen, uh, what May Day is? It's supposed to be some like labor holiday in Germany. That's sure. As far as I'm aware of. I have no idea. So I was kind of hoping you were going to explain it. I, I mean, I remember it being like an actual day for workers, like in the middle of May, but like I still went to school. So I mean, I, I don't remember. So I, you know, struck out on that one, Brian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris, you got any, you got anything for me? Cause I've, that's about as far as my knowledge of this day goes. I've been uh, waiting for this rant for years on different podcasts, right? on social media. I love what Matt just said. It's a holiday for workers, but he still had to go to school because the number one thing that bugs the shit out of me in the United States is Martin Luther King Day. Schools are closed. Memorial Day. Schools are closed. Stop closing the schools on holidays and teach the kids about why it's a holiday. Anyway, that's uh, no, I have no idea why May Day is a day off. <laughs> I was ready to listen to why you why you do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my social uh, rant for the day. I've been holding that one in, that one in for a long time. My wife and I argue it probably once a month. Here we go. Wow. I got it. It's a public holiday. It's a day off for the general population and schools, and most businesses are closed. I don't see. I was that. just delaying so Matt could get on Google. That's all it was. Exactly. So many people <laughs> in Germany observe the night between April 30th and May 1st as witches or Walpurgis nights, Walpurgisnacht or Hexenacht. People in some areas light bonfires and spend the evening. Oh, um, Saint Martin is that what it is? I, I have doing gone that. to one. Of the, is that the one where you like go to the top of the highest hill and light a massive fire like sixty feet tall? Yeah, but that's like in the yeah. I knew that was in the fall. That's November eleventh. Oh, I so thought why that was the this fuck? One. No, that's a fall. I, I knew it was a fall thing, but okay. Uh, let's learn something more here, people. 
Um, <laughs> young men in, in the Rhineland may put a branch wrapped in colorful ribbons in the garden of a girl he would like to marry. Young women place these branches in the gardens of young men during leap years. All right, this has nothing to do with the Bundesliga. No. All but right. It, 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 there is, when I was living in Bavaria, there were great festivals where men would lift a giant pole covered in love letters, and it was supposed to increase their sexual vitality, so good on you. <laughs> Interesting. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's it. I guess it's just a German Memorial Day, essentially, or Labor Day, rather. Anyways, uh, yeah, we take on Leverkusen. Gladbach takes on Leipzig. Not that that really has much to do with us, but it does kind of suck that uh, uh, Glasgow Rangers for Leipzig and uh, West Ham United for us are both playing on, you know, the Sunday, you know, the Thursday-Sunday routine, and we've got to play, you know, hey, look, the guys can recover a little bit more, but, okay, here's the question. Are we going to roll out with a full strength lineup, or are we just like, nope, we are freaking saving everybody. We're throwing out anyone who did not, anyone who didn't play today gets to play on Monday. Uh, what do you think we're going to do? I mean, the lineup we had against what? Union Berlin, we had Paciencia, Hauge, Husic, uh, Chandler, and Graal pretty much play. I mean, I can definitely see Paciencia coming back. I think Lindstrom will obviously have a break. I think Jakic and, and, and Dika are going to play back, uh, play, um, in this, you know, this coming weekend just because, you know, get, kind of get their legs ready since they head off today, quote unquote. Um, I don't see Kostic playing. I don't see Hinty playing. I don't, I can't tell you why. Maybe we'll put Haseba in. Um, but I just mm. don't see our full back three playing. Um, I do see Kevin Trapp playing because we do kind of need to be a little bit defensive against um, Leverkusen because we don't want to get thrashed 5 nothing because that will really damper our morale. Um I don't know. I mean, I see Hustic starting. I see Timothy Chandler starting. I see Tuta starting. I wouldn't even be shocked if um, Amani Torre starts. Da Costa? I like Da Costa. I mean, does he even train with us anymore? Anybody with a heartbeat. He was on the the roster as a bench player today. Maybe just because they put him on back in December when they submitted the lineup. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't um, seen a picture of him in months. Exactly. Same here. That's why I was kind of, I, I wasn't sure if he was in the same situation with, you know, Duom or um, Eunice. Um, but Fly yeah, I mean, Eunice I back know. in. Put him out there this week. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather I'd rather throw in some U19 kids in there, honestly, than fucking yeah, I agree that kid. Just- yeah, we've got a few guys signed. Uh, like from, from our U19 team, so it's kind of like, you know what, guys? Fuck it. Just, just chuck them out there. See who floats. I mean, Schroeder, uh, Fawlty, uh Wait, Hirano's Hirano's basically on his way out. So I mean, well, we're also what? licensing a second team. So if you ever wanted to get eyes on somebody, now might be a good chance to do it. Yeah, I I think uh, if we were to utilize one of those guys i think like the deadline probably has passed by now <laughs> just saying but you're right need to need to keep save save the legs save everybody we've there's there's enough players out there to trot out a team to go up against leverkusen go to leverkusen and just say you know what guys 
you're going to throw off Leverkusen because they do not know who the hell is going to play. They're going to try to play their game. And, hey, you've been training with the same first team. Go out there, kick some ass. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, if anything, I'd rather have our first team kind of have a and scrimmage Lentz over on, the weekend. Put Lentz out there, yeah. Oh, no, Lentz has Lentz a broken toe, remember? Still, that toe still... Mm, <laughs> he's been he's been toast. the unlucky unlucky person of our team so far this year. Or, yeah, unlucky, I suppose, his injuries. But I, I mean, I would love to, for us to have, like, a, you know, a scrimmage against, like, fucking, I don't know, Offenbach or, like, even Nuremberg again on, like, that weekend. Um, or just, D- Dinamo Kiev. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, do, like, a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, just to kind of have those guys kind of just, you know, play, keep the tactics fresh in their mind and whatnot, and then just have the second teamers play on Monday because, uh, yeah, West Ham has a much tougher opponent against, you know, playing Arsenal instead of us playing Leverkusen, but, like, they have that extra day of rest where we play that Monday, they play that Sunday. So, I mean, at this point, I'd rather just, I'd rather just put some kids on the field, you know? We also, yeah. even though this means nothing to us in this table, looking at where Leverkusen is at third and 55 points, uh, Freiburg sitting in fifth, only three behind them. So if, you know, we want to take the day off, that's one thing. Leverkusen will not. Uh, we need to be ready to be attacked physically because they can't spare any points right now. Well, Freiburg also plays Hoffenheim, which is not an easy, you right. know, team to play against either. They're trying so. to get up into that sixth spot. Right, and the only the only two teams that can realistically move up in the table next week are Köln and Union Berlin, and potentially even Gladbach. I mean, actually, no, Gladbach are way below us. I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I mean, Köln and Berlin are the ones who can potentially start fighting for those Europa League spots. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just hope we don't. I just hope we don't tire ourselves out. Same here. Same here. We can also have Oliver Glasner though. He's done a hell of a job. Like just keeping our focus in the right place. And we say it week after week, we're so sorry for three months of vile comments and not trusting you. I owe you another apology again tonight. You know, this is where this is where we kind of have to start possibly, you know, kind of initiating a rule that when, you know, we're probably going to be doing this podcast for a couple more decades here. So if there's ever more change in the Frankfurt organization and there's a lot going on, you know, we have to give the new person, like, a, th- a three-month, like, window, three- or four-month window, and then, you know, take it from there. But what com- what kind of commentators would we be if we were just level-headed and not living with our hearts on our sleeves? True. I mean, we'll, we'll bash him. We could definitely bash him, but then playfully say, like, but we'll give him time. We'll give him time. He fucking sucks. He's absolutely shit. I wish we had someone <laughs> different, but we'll give him time. You know, we'll kind of, like, cover our asses, but at the same time, you know, bash, bash the next person and whatnot. But Oliver Glasner, maybe there's a reason why his initials are OG, because he is <laughs> OG right now. Oh, brother. All right. Time, boys, to make our predictions known because the Bundesliga is back this weekend and it's Eintracht versus Leverkusen. Uh, if there is a match that I'm watching this weekend, I will actually say that uh, it's real <sighs> shit. It's really just the relegation matches that uh, the relegation six pointers like uh, Bielefeld, Hertha. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that because uh, I know that Stuttgart versus Wolfsburg is likely to have fireworks. And uh, along with the 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 Kleine Revier derby between Bochum and Bayfab, that should be interesting. But boys, uh, the Bundesliga aside, 
What are our predictions? Matt, let's go first. What's going to happen on Sunday? Uh, Monday, I, excuse me. You know me. I hate you know predicting losses, Frankfurt losses and stuff like that. So I'm just going to be optimistic here and say it's going to be a 0-0 draw. Chris, you're chuckling. You uh, must have something different. Because I got another clean sheet. That's why. <laughs> he said it this time, not me. Um, <laughs> well, I really had concerns last week about how we might be negatively affected by a weekend performance. It's clear to me now that just doesn't matter anymore. Uh, no idea what kind of lineup we're going to roll out, but uh, Lucas Radetzky is in net. I think there's a couple guys that wouldn't mind putting them behind a buddy, at least one or two. Um, I'll give us a goal, uh, but I think Leverkusen's got a couple more. They got more to fight for. I'm going to say we lose two to one, but we're going to put up a little more spirit than we did last week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's definitely going to be the case because uh, Eintracht versus Union, we just got we just got punched right from the off, and we're just like, ah, oh, fuck. And uh, yeah, uh, things kind of fell where they fell uh, as the match just kind of played out in front of us. Uh, no, excuse me, that Hoffenheim match. Gosh, I was going to go a little bit further back. But you know what? We're going to have more life to us than we did against Union, that's for sure. Because uh, we just, I mean, that was a team that was trotted out that you knew they're like, oh shit, we're really just kind of throwing everybody out because there's just guys who are gassed. And uh, I mean, if we do throw out more, uh, more full strength side, I think we can come away with the draw, like a 1-1 or 2-2 draw. But if we're trotting out a team that very much says, hey, Ever we're resting about as much as we can for uh, the home leg on Thursday, then we're going to lose, but we're still going to nab one goal. I think I think uh, Leverkusen's going to score two goals regardless, and uh, I know I have to pick one, so I'm going to play. Uh, be smart, play it safe, save up all the energy for. Uh, Europa League leg two of the semifinals, which means that Eintracht's going to throw out a weakened team against Leverkusen, and we're going to get beaten 2-1. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Matt and Chris both for joining me on the podcast. Matt, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at the Twitterscape at WAGMA underscore. I actually think that's the correct one this time that I mentioned, but if it's not, hopefully another next WAGMA <laughs> underscore is going to be a fan of ours. There you go. There you go. Chris, where can we find you when you're not uh, picking your kid up at a at a certain school in Detroit? I'll be on the Peloton at five thirty every morning, and occasionally Ugh. at seven thirty at night <laughs> on there, and all the other usual socials at C in the D three one three. And you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram, but I'm not really on there. Let's be honest, all too much <laughs> by comparison. Uh, I can be found at, at KCSGE. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Instagram, that is at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. It's where you can drop your emails to the podcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash HEFPod for all the latest uh, Eintracht 
information in the English language that can be found. Uh, trust me, we're dropping quite a lot in there because uh, there's a lot of angry West Ham fans out there and we want to kind of show their anger off. <laughs> and yeah, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We will be back uh, as Eintracht will have taken on Leverkusen. Uh, we have yet to decide on when that podcast will come out, so we'll stay uh, stay attached to our social media channels. You can find the podcast wherever good podcasts can be found. And until next time, cheers. Hey, I'm a fan of the world.